0: Welcome to the Business of Freelancing podcast, your weekly conversation that helps you get more clients, make more money, and live a happier life freelancing. I'm your host, Brennan Dunn, and today is episode number nine of the podcast. It's springtime, which means, for me at least, it's the height of conference season. I've been to two conferences so far, and I'm going to another one in about a week, and this, for reclusive me, is a lot of socializing and traveling. The two conferences I've been to are LesConf and MicroConf, and I'm the upcoming conference is Bacon BizConf up in Philadelphia. And all of these are, are what I would call product conferences. They're all centered around products, and the talks are given by people who are currently successful, making a living selling products online. A lot of the attendees, however, are consultants. They're freelancers. And I spoke with a lot of them and wanted to know, what, what's the appeal of products? Why, you know, what's bringing you all the way out to Panama City, Florida or Las Vegas to, uh, to learn from people who are, um, you know, working in the product space? And what I found is that, and I'm, I mean, I knew this, but a lot of freelancers want to get into products. So a lot of us really look up to the people who are making a full-time living uh, with a SaaS product or a startup, and uh, we envy them and we we want to be them. So we go to these conferences and we we try to, uh, to do what we need to do to get up to that level. And, you know, the, the thing is, there's a lot of, Typically, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, mental roadblocks that a lot of uh, freelancers and consultants have tour products. You know, a common pushback is, well, you know, I'd love to get into products, but I just don't have any good ideas. Or I wanted to get into products, but I don't have the time to commit to writing software with a hope, um, you, you know, sometimes an unrealized hope that it will sell And months or years later, I'll actually recoup the lost opportunity time that I could have been billing uh, my clients for. So what I'd like to do today is talk about four different ways that you, you know, yes, you can build products with very little upfront time and very little risk. And if you're looking to sever the relationship between working for an hour and getting paid for that hour, then this is definitely your episode. But first, I want to... Move over to iTunes and talk about some of the recent reviews that we've gotten for the podcast. Willward One says, this is the single best podcast he's found on leveling up as a freelancer. Caleb writes, the Business of Freelancing podcast really helps me learn how to better sell services by focusing on the business end of my job. And JGW writes, they're back and better than ever. So I just wanted to thank everyone who has left a, a review on um, on iTunes. And I would encourage you, if you like the podcast and want to help share it with the world, I'd love it if you left an honest review. So back to uh, back to products. So what, what do we mean by selling products? You know, as you'll soon find out, there's, at least to me, there's a lot of different types of products. And you can sell these products in a lot of different ways. But I think most attractive to most of us, it's... A kind of product that's low touch, low price, and scalable. and let me just quickly dissect uh, what each of these attributes mean. So low touch the idea that we wake up in the morning and we've somebody who we've never even met has sent us money. low price. The money we 're being sent probably isn't a lot it's probably less than a hundred dollars. And oftentimes uh, the purchase, the product purchased is an impulse buy. You know, they, they read some sales copy that we put up and decide to buy. And lastly, scalable, you know, selling more doesn't necessarily correlate with the time, the time you need to invest in a product. So you can't really scale freelancing right now. If you can't change your hourly rate and you want to make double the amount of revenue this week, you're going to need to work double the hours. So, By scalable, what I mean is being able to sell a lot of product with minimal additional overhead. And I think a lot of us like scalable paired with low price because what that means is we have a lot of people paying us a little bit of money, which at the end of the day means we don't really have, you know, we're not beholden to anyone. Uh, You know, there's there's the old saying that if you have uh, three clients, what you really have are three bosses. And I think the idea is if we have 3,000 customers, uh, no one has enough sway to really influence the, re- the direction of our product or anything like that. And a, a, actually, a really good example of this is, I forgot where I heard it from them, but um, I think 37Signals th- once said how they have quite a few different Fortune 500s who use uh, Basecamp and their other products. But these Fortune 500s buy the same plans as the rest of us, and they pay the same amount. And you know they, they don't have enterprise plans. They don't have these high touch, uh, fly to Omaha and do a sales presentation plans, which gives them the benefit of, you know, uh, Kellogg is uh, more more likely or more than likely having the same uh, or paying the same amount amount of money to thirty seven singles that we might or one of our the companies we work for might. So. 30-some singles ultimately still has full influence over the direction of their products, which is exactly what they want. There are the downsides, though, for this kind of product, and these are the same downsides that are boi- that were voiced to me at you know, these conferences and, and a lot of the discussions I've had with multiple freelancers. There's the upfront work factor, meaning if you want products that will literally sell themselves overnight and require zero effort on your part after, um, after purchase, You need to front load the effort and write the book or record the screencast or write the software before anyone buys it. The second thing is volume. You know, if you're looking to sell something that requires, um, you know, little to no convincing on your part and has a very low price tag or a relatively low price tag, you're going to need to sell it to a lot of people to really make it worth your while. And getting a lot of people is not exactly easy, you know, getting the right Audience in front of your your sales page or your marketing site—that's um, not an easy task to uh, to complete. So, you, you know, to sum it up, the the dream product that we all we all want—you know—it requires a lot of upfront effort that may or may not pay off, and it also requires a lot of traffic and volume, the right kind of you know qualified volume, qualified traffic, which again is something that's hard to get. So I'd like to overview now four different ways that you can start separating your time for money with low risk and low overhead on your part. The first way is retainers. And if you've read, I had a blog post that came out recently on the Freelancer's Guide to Recurring Revenue, which I talked quite a bit about and I focused on retainers. But in case you haven't read it or want to hear a little more about my thoughts on that, um, what I mean by retainer is something that is sold to a client that you've already worked with. So your audience or your customer base is pretty much predefined for you. It's priced and budgeted for by the purchaser that is your client monthly. And it can result in some pretty serious hourly rates. Uh, We're going to talk about retainers that could be priced in the thousands that could take literally an hour or two a month of upkeep to fulfill. And the value that we're going to be appealing to in our retainers are twofold. Uh, We're going to be appealing to insurance or the the desire and the need for a company that spent a lot of money on a website or web application to ensure that it is uh, working and isn't going to break. And the second thing that we're going to be looking at is uh, enhancement. So let's first look at insurance. Insurance could mean Are backups happening as they should? If a security exploit came to light, uh, this is especially true if you happen to be a Rails developer, uh, can it be addressed without a formal consulting engagement? And what that means is, let's say uh, some vulnerability happens um, with the framework that you've used to build a website or web application. Usually, if one of my past clients were to uh, want to fix this, they would need a pretty much get in line with all my other clients and we need a draft, a statement of work and a, a, you know, a consulting contract and everything else, which takes time, which if you're trying to, to, uh, fend off a security breach, time is something that you're kind of wanting to, uh, not spend a lot of time, uh, you know, um, getting there. So, um, that's, that's one key part of the insurance. And And the last, I think, and probably most important, is basically a smart guy or gal with root access. And I realize a lot of this is very um, specific at least for insurance for uh, for web developers or p- programmers but um, you know just just knowing that I mean if you're a designer just replace uh, smart guy or girl with root access with smart guy or girl with FTP access um, the ability to quickly change things without needing to, draft up a new consulting you know, agreement. The second value that we're appealing to is enhancement. So if you've ever done any sort of website or web application or uh, mobile application that's used by the public and the usage of that product impacts the bottom line of your client, there's going to be room for optimization. And what I mean by optimization is collecting data, collecting usage data, Testing assumptions based off that data, and rolling the winning tests back into the product. So, my last masterclass, one of the students is a guy up in Vancouver, I believe, named Ilya. And Ilya's built a lot of websites for wellness and different therapy clinics. And in talking with him, we found out that the patient, the value of a patient in a bed for one of these clinics is upwards of thirty thousand dollars. This means that the, the worth of a lead for a company like this, it's pretty high. I'm not positive, but I'm, I'm willing to bet it's somewhere in the five figures, meaning what is the impact for a wellness clinic if Ilya can progressively enhance their website to deliver maybe an extra lead each month or two leads each month? That's worth a lot. And that's exactly what I mean by a an enhancement um, uh, component of your of your monthly retainer. I mean, th- this could include a lot of different things. This could mean split testing sales copy on a website, uh, managing AdWords campaigns, and um, you know, testing out variations until you find the ideal campaign that drives the most business for the lowest amount of uh, uh, cost. Um, it could mean tracking application usage over time and developing better workflows as a result. So if you're building a, um, a product or a web app for somebody, you know, chances are the way that you have onboarding or initial setup happening aren't ideal. And you can learn a lot as people sign up for your the product and ultimately either stick around or cancel. Um, this is all stuff that takes time and data. And this is all something that Um, you can, you can sell to your clients as a, um, as a hybrid or, or an exclusive, either insurance or, um, enhancement value add to their business. The second kind of product that I'd like to talk about is a seminar or a webinar. So if you've read my book, the blueprint, or just heard me talking in any way, um, you know, I've mentioned that I think free seminars are a great way to generate leads, But what's keeping you from charging, uh, for, for one of these seminars, you know, let's face it, you're probably technical and a lot of your clients aren't technical. And the reason we're hired by clients is to apply that technical knowledge to a, a specific business problem. But, you know, to the left of applying technical knowledge to a problem is talking or teaching about that knowledge and empowering people to act on that knowledge. So, if you think about it let's let's say you make I don't know apps for the iPhone or Android. You probably know a lot more than the average show on the street about the landscape of the app store, you know the winners, the losers, and why the winners win. You know that's knowledge that you've you've accumulated through research and really direct immersion in that in that field. And your knowledge about that could uh, you know help somebody decide is it the right thing for their business to create a mobile app? Um, This is something, again, that you can offer an online or in-person workshop where you can, um, at scale, consult people on the landscape of iOS or the landscape of the Android store. Um, To find people, you can reach out to your past clients and try to sell them on one of these seminars. Um, You could also ask them to you know, spread the word and talk to other uh, or recommend you to other business owners. Um, But frankly, my preferred method would be to give out almost like a freebie or a superficial uh, teaser webinar. You know, it doesn't need to be live. It can be live the first time and then you just record it and um, embed it on 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 a single page landing page for your webinar or seminar. And what this will do is establish that you know what you're doing and, you know, it really serves as a lead up to a paid workshop. And if you think about it, um, say you get 10 people paying, uh, keep it low, say 200. You know, that's $2,000 for a, a workshop. And if you're keeping it, let's say, two to three hours, that I'm willing to bet is a much higher rate. I mean, you're looking at a close to a thousand dollar an hour rate um, for delivering value at scale or at a limited scale. I mean, by scale, I mean, you know, potentially just a handful of people, but it doesn't matter because ultimately it's an example of a product that is repeatable. You know, you could have another one the next month and then the next month and um, you could, you could really establish a a side revenue stream um, if you can, you know, build up enough sustained interest in this product. Uh, next would be a newsletter. So the thing about the seminars and webinars is they tend to be one-offs. Um, you know, you teach somebody once and that's it. Um, one of the things you could try out, and I know quite a few people who do this, is to sell a premium newsletter. You know, I mean, it, it's really, it's, it's along the same uh, mental lines as as a seminar or a webinar you're basically teaching information and telegraphing information from your head to somebody else's. Um, you could position it really as insider tips and tricks that a client or a potential client or somebody that would usually buy from you, um, you know, could learn a lot from and learn a lot from monthly or biweekly or whatever your given interval might be for this newsletter. And logistically, You know, setting this up and doing it probably would warrant an episode of the podcast to itself. But the short summary, I think, would be um, start out by giving away free information. Establish yourself through a blog or through a free newsletter. And uh, just like with a seminar, you know, let people know that you're an authority and an expert on the subject and then later on upsell them on the on the newsletter and again you can this is something you can reach out to past clients and let them know you know hey I know I've built a iPhone app for you in the past I wanted to let you know I'm offering now a a monthly newsletter on the state of the uh, Apple App Store and this newsletter will teach you um, how to better position your your uh, product or how to uh, game, game the app Store to get it, you know, one of those exclusive featured listings by Apple, you know, it could be whatever. And as long as it's valuable, and I mean, let's face it, if somebody's paid you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars for a project, um, convincing them to spend maybe 50 bucks a month on a newsletter is probably, um, there are definitely harder things to do than that. So again, that's something to consider. And the last thing I'd like to talk about, the last kind of product um, could be coaching. So like retainers, um, coaching is generally invoiced monthly and, but instead of doing anything technical, instead of providing a continuous enhancement, which means touching a product and touching code and, and everything else, um, what you'll be doing, uh, with coaching is, uh, helping past clients or maybe even people you've never worked with before, um, figure out and act on the direction that they should be taking their business next. So once again, you know, an industry, um, you have knowledge that they probably do not have, you know, they have uh, business knowledge in, in the industry they work in. You have technical knowledge, whether that be with design or development or uh, whatever it is you happen to be good at. And it's your job as a coach to, um, take your industry, expertise and apply it on top of, um, your client's business and come up with, uh, you know, a, really a plan of action and keep in mind, this plan of action could involve hiring you again, or hiring you for the first time to write code or design or whatnot. So, um, you know, really with coaching, what you're doing is you're helping people make informed decisions. And I think most importantly, you're keeping them accountable you know, if you're, if you're a developer and you work with, uh, let's say, single founder or small, you know, software companies, people hire you to build their app from scratch and you build it and they, they kind of run it, right? Um, the, the positioning or the value proposition, I think, for a coaching arrangement could be as simple as I will be your, uh, your uh, flexible part-time CTO. You know, I will help you um, look at the changes in, in, in the landscape or look at what's currently happening, happening with your business and let's figure out what this means for you, what this means for your future, and um, what you can do to, to act on this information. So these are really, I think, the, the four things that I came up with that I think um, most of us can, act, can actually implement pretty quickly. Um, it doesn't really require really any upfront work for you to come up with a retainer or a coaching uh, plan with a client, um, with a newsletter or a seminar. I mean, really, you don't want to actually build out the curriculum until you have some, uh, desired interest, meaning people have paid you something or opted in. Um, uh, so you know, it's a, your, your total upfront, uh, Overhead is literally putting together a, a, a sales page for your newsletter or your, uh, your seminar or webinar. The, the, really, the thing I want to really stress, though, with all of these are they're priced. They're not billed. And what I mean by that is if you are a, a freelancer and you're selling your time, what you're really doing is you're working let's say you work 10 hours, you're invoicing, meaning you're billing for that 10 hours, and then you're getting paid for that 10 hours. With pricing, you're able to set a, a standard, ideally a subscription price on some value. And that value is delivered in the form of a of a product. You know, it acts like a product. It looks like a product. It's delivered as a product. And um, I mean, th- this is just. Uh, I think if you want to get into, you know, "quote unquote" real products, you know, selling software, um, building a SaaS, uh, writing an ebook, selling that ebook, and everything. I mean, I, this this is less than The experience you'll get from this will dramatically influence your ability to price and sell these future future, uh, you know, low touch low price, highly scalable products. Um, so again, I mean, if you're looking for recurring revenue or you're looking for to dabble in uh, getting out of the that kind of binding arrangement you might be in of you selling your time for money, I, I'd strongly consider uh, looking at the four of these, especially the first one, retainers. I mean, they're really a no-brainer. A lot of businesses are used to paying and budgeting for some sort of monthly service charge, and um i just think a lot of us we we think of these our projects as uh either done or not done and when it's not done we're working on it actively and then we complete it and we hand it over and that's it um the 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 lifetime value of a client of ours can go up substantially by getting them to pay us you know three or four figures a month on a retainer you know if you get 10 of these. Let's say you get 10 people paying you $1,000 a month. There's, for most of us, that's our income. That's, we can budget off of that. We can live a very nice life off of that. Um, So again, let me know what you do. If you act on any of these, Um, I'd I'd love to hear feedback. If you want to contact me, you'll want to go to BrennanDunn.com, dot ncom and click contact and either shoot me an email or tweet me. But um, again, I, I really hope you get something out of this, and I'd love to hear that uh, somebody or, or some people, multiple people, act on this and uh, act on it successfully. For those keeping score, I'd like to also fill you in on a few different things that I've been working on um, recently. I've been making a few major updates, you know, major, major updates to my last product, The Blueprint. Um, I'm going to be pushing out new interviews, uh, new screencasts, and also some new templates pretty shortly. So if you've bought, uh, specifically if you bought either the, the two upper tier offerings, um, expect some, uh, some activity around that uh, pretty shortly. I've also broke ground on my next book. Um, it's tentatively titled Zero to 100K, Building a Six-Figure Freelancing Business. And this is my first really general purpose, uh, product. You know, I've, I've written a book on pricing. I've written a book on online lead generation, but I've never written a book on either, uh, making the jump or, um, reform or getting out of the mud, I guess, of kind of what I like to call inertia driven freelancing, uh, which is, you know, hopping from client to client, never really stepping back and thinking, how am I going to make this a business? So, the book that is scheduled to come out probably in September, which will mark the one year anniversary of publishing for me. Um, it's going to be general purpose. It's going to be start to finish, how to, um, put together a business, plan for your business, uh, determine your product, determine your offering, find clients, close clients, uh, balancing work from, you know, balancing work in life and, uh, also, a few different things on, um, on productized consulting, like we talked about today, and, um, and also uh, a few very minor things on scaling outwards, specifically um, recruiting subcontractors. Um, again, so thank you for listening, and um, I look forward to talking with you next week on another exciting edition of the Business of Freelancing podcast.